A lot of talk, a lot of talk these days. Did you hear it? About the Lyft and Uber IPOs. April is supposed to be the month people hear Lyft. They hear Uber. And the media, even the non-financial media, makes a real point of covering these stories. But here on this podcast, we wonder, what is the expected market cap of Lyft, of Uber? Does the public at large even understand market cap? Are they able to evaluate the relative different price tags of companies like Lyft or Uber versus other companies that, well, to me anyway, are even more promising as stocks because they make money, they're worldwide leaders, they've already been winning stocks, and their market caps are smaller. And so I'll share with you at least one of those stocks this week. Am I talking about market cap a lot? Well, get ready for even more because this week we're playing our quarterly game show, The Market Cap Game Show, and we're playing it with you along with my friend Emily. You are the contestant this week on Rule Breaker Investing. Thanks to LinkedIn for supporting the Rule Breaker Investing podcast. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to get matched with quality candidates who make the most sense for your role. So post a job today at LinkedIn.com/fool and get fifty dollars off your first job post. Yep, LinkedIn.com/fool. It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner. Welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. You know, for a lot of little kids. Especially in the Western world, probably Christmas would be one of their favorite days of the year. For me, still a little kid in a lot of ways, four of my other favorite days of the year are the days we get to play the Market Cap Game Show on this podcast. Emily Flippin, welcome. Thank you for having me. I, I would like to say that you know the Market Cap Game Show is up to the same level it is for you, <laughs> but I guess we'll see how I do today, and maybe I'll re- reevaluate. So, for our regular listeners, I think you know what we do here. I even hope that you, as I, look forward to us playing the game every three months. But for our new listeners, I think it it behooves us to explain a little bit about why we play the game, then how we play the game, then we're going to play the game. So let's not spend too much time with this, Emily. But but why do you think we've made a game out of market caps? Well, market cap can tell you a lot about a company. And I talked about this when we had our member event back in Austin, and people asked me, you know, how do you value a growth company? And for me, it was always look at the market, and then look at the size of the market cap of the company, and think, wow, is that bigger than the market? Smaller than the market that you think they can have? And and it tells you a lot more about the growth of that company uh, and the size of that company than simply looking at something like a share price, like many people do. Absolutely. So to define our term for anybody new to investing, the market capitalization of a company is just basically the price tag that the world puts on that company. So in Walmart, you walk down the aisle, you see the prices on everything. Well, if you could do the same with stocks, you just walk down the aisle here and look at the market cap for every one of them. So I'll give a quick example. In fact, in my lead-in, I mentioned this. Uh, Lyft is planned to go public, and I think it's April of this year, and then. Lo and behold, Uber also announced it wants to go public in April of this year. Now, the market capitalizations expected for these companies are probably lost on most people who are hearing the stories about Lyft saying that they might come public at $65 a share. But parsing the math and putting it into market cap terms, Lyft is expected to come public somewhere around the value of 
$22 billion. So, that's expected to be the market cap of Lyft. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes higher than that, because IPOs are often, as you know, Emily, priced to what? On the first day, go higher. Higher. You want to have that IPO looking really good. Rarely will you see an IPO nosedive out of the gates. Yeah. They probably mispriced. So, so, probably we should all expect Lyft to be worth a little bit more than that. But Uber, by contrast, expected to go public with a market cap, they're hoping anyway, above $100 billion. I didn't Some people know that. have said like 120. Wow. In other words, they're, right now we're already playing the game because we're saying right now that the world is going to expect to price these companies Uber about six times. The value of Lyft. Mm -hmm. Now, for a lot of people, it's just two apps on their phone. There's Uber and there's Lyft. You might use one, might use the other. They're, they feel interchangeable, but one company got started earlier and is much larger than the other. But before we go on and start our game, I do want to say, you know, when a company comes public with a market cap of over a hundred billion dollars, Emily, what do you think about that? Like, is that a stock that kind of interests you or excites you to buy? Do you do you think that that Let's say, do you think Lyft would go up five times in value over the next five years? Uh, you know, I don't think it's impossible, but my gut says no. And when I see something come out with a with a market value that high, um, it makes me maybe a little bit skeptical as an investor. A because, you know, I wonder what premium they're attaching to that valuation, and if they're selling at a peak of what could be a hype cycle. But B because I I really like growth companies, and if you're coming out at a market value of a hundred billion, I mean, what does that mean for your opportunity to grow as an investment? For me as an investor, to to make more money on that, so it doesn't particularly excite me, but it is incredibly interesting. That's right. So this is the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast. Even though we're wearing our market cap game show clothes this particular week. But the reason I wanted to talk briefly about Uber and Lyft is I agree with you, Emily. When I look at a company come out with a valuation of over $100 billion, I kind of sit there and go, I'm sure everyone's going to be talking about it. Everyone's going to be talking about the Uber IPO and the Lyft IPO in April. And yet, I'm probably not going to even look at the stock. I'm not that interested in companies that come out with new pricing over $100 billion. So, for Uber to go up five times in value, which is a good goal for us as investors, it's going to have to go from, you know, let's say $120 billion to $600 billion of value. It's going to have to add $480 billion of value to become a five-bagger. And so, we tend to set our sights on smaller companies where we think, yeah, I could see that 5x from that company. So, to close then this brief rant and digression from our game, my own experience is that the IPOs that get the most talk, the most hype, the headlines, and the discussion, even water cooler discussion around your offices, even people who aren't investors are going to be talking about Uber going public. But ironically, those are often the ones with the biggest market caps and the least likelihood of truly appreciating as great stocks. So you're probably not going to see us pick Uber in the Rule Breakers service here in 2019. Maybe we will. Never going to put that past us. And Emily, you and I work together on Motley Fool Rule Breakers. But there was a brief thought about. IPOs, big time IPOs, and market caps. All right, Emily, well, I'm warming my 10 stocks up. Got 10 for you. We're going to do that alphabetically by company name this time. Rick is getting ready to rock our game show music. Here's a quick listen into it. All right, but we're going to pull it back for a sec because we want to do a quick example. And we're going to use as our example this particular show, Etsy. Now, for longtime listeners, they know that Etsy is almost its own side separate joke thread because many of the past games, this is the sixth time we've played, I've used Etsy within the game itself, mainly because Matt Argusinger, your forebear, kept getting it wrong and it was <laughs> hilarious to us all. But let's use Etsy as our example this week. 
So to use Etsy as our example, Etsy's share price as we tape, we tape Tuesday afternoon, the day before the show comes out, is at $69.24. And I see that its market cap is $8.275 billion. So, Emily, I know that you already knew that, right? You came in I knowing might have, Etsy. I might have prepared Etsy a little bit before coming in. <laughs> Which is why I... Just to cover my bases. I didn't want to make it one of the 10 this time. We're using it as our example. But it's uh, it's got uh, yeah, a market cap of $8.275 billion. If you do the math, you'll see that Etsy has about 120 million shares outstanding. So, again, you take those shares, you multiply it by the share price of $69.24. There's your market cap. That's our example. And in our game, since you can be 20% on either side of it, with Etsy at about $8 billion, we're going to say you know, $1.6 on either side. So, anywhere from $6.4 billion up to $9.6 billion. That would be the range of acceptance of um, scorability in this game. You would score one for one if you got Etsy anywhere from $6.4 to $9.6. So, there's our example. But now let's sweep the stage away, rock that music, and get started playing the Market Cap Game Show. Company number one this week has been on a real roll. This is a company I first picked in January of 2007. The stock was at $60.60, a little bit of magic there. And indeed, now, years later, it's way up from that. But on its way, way up, it also had to swoop way down for a while. Emily, do you like burritos? I love burritos. You love burritos. So, do you love Chipotle burritos? You know, I am one of like the remaining people who will still hit up Chipotle. I could probably eat it for lunch five <laughs> days a week and still not have enough Chipotle. And I will say that when Chipotle went through some really tough times a few years ago, all of a sudden, stores that had lines out the door, and yet still the line moved quickly, all of a sudden the stores had no lines, at least the one that I go to in Tenley Town here in Washington, D.C., all of a sudden seemed vacant. Shocking to me. And yet, in the same way that Chipotle had lines out the door, then nobody around, but now I think people are coming back. The stock price is well back where it was. In fact, I'm going to ask you in a bit, after I ask you the key question, how low you think the stock got. But, Without further ado, Emily Flippin, stock number one this week. What is the market cap within 20% either way of Chipotle Mexican Grill? This is tragic because for somebody who is such a connoisseur of Chipotle, I am not positive. I'm going to guess 16 billion. Yay! <laughs> Nailed it. All right. The, the market cap as we tape is 18.4 billion. So, for our many players at home, if you said anywhere from 14.7, to 22.1. And yes, I do take it out to one decimal point. We do care about numbers on the show and truth. We're not fudging things. 14.7 to 22.1. Give yourself a check mark. One for one to start the game Chipotle Mexican Grill. You know, the stock went from that January 2007 recommendation price of 60 up to 750 by 2015 on a serious roll. And then the, the food and health problems at a few restaurants, not all of them, but got a lot of publicity. And the stock went, take a quick guess, Emily. Do you, know, do you remember how low it went uh, early last year? Well, I know that it did not stop me from 
eating at a Chipotle. <laughs> it probably should have, but it didn't. I actually don't know. It dropped as low as 250. So it went from wow. 750 to 250 from 2015 to 18. And today it's back up over 660. So what a tremendous stock Chipotle's been just in the last year. Sub 300 to over 600. A big time winner. I think the company's back. We'll see. We've just been holding it all the way through in Motley Fool Rule Breakers, and we're very delighted that we have. I'm waiting for Chipotle's to do breakfast. I'm waiting for them to expand more internationally. You know, the company is in uh, Canada, it is in the UK, it's in France. You can even find a Chipotle or two in Germany. But those are the only countries in the world that Chipotle has gotten to so far. You can almost pat them on the back, though, because their international expansion has lagged simply because they haven't been able to ethically source their food like they would want to. So, in a way, I almost commend the company for their slow expansion. Mm. All right. So, Emily's one for one. You play at home. I hope you're one for one, but if you're 0 for one, chin up. There's nine more coming. Emily, last time we played this, you set an all time record in the Market Cap Game Show. No one had ever gotten seven out of ten. See, I was hoping you wouldn't mention that. <laughs> but you did. Because now the expectation's high. You did. Matt Argusinger came on here. He played the first five episodes. This is episode seven. He got six, then six, then six, then four, and he started feeling bad about himself, but he came back with six. Really great. I think most of our Players at home probably don't get 6 out of 10. Emily, you scored 7. No one had ever done that in your debut appearance here on the show. I will say, I did feel like some of them were softballs. You know, Etsy was, you know, expected Etsy at that point. arguably was, because I asked it every show. I do agree that that might have been, but that's humble of you. But you, you're outstanding. I don't want to put too much pressure on you. I don't want you to put too much pressure on yourself. Well, you know, if I do poorly, then I'll just point everybody to the, the last episode, right? So, how'd that Market Cam game show? Oh, yeah, you can listen to it over there. It's previous months, previous All quarters. Right. All right, company number two. Company number two is Electronic Arts. So, Electronic Arts is a company that we selected in Rule Breakers in um, 2016. It has been a little bit of an underperformer. It's up 33% since our June 2016 fingering of this stock at $75 a share. It's gone up to 98 The problem is the stock market's done better. The stock market is actually up about 43%, while EA has been up 33%. And actually, things look so much better about six months ago. The video game industry has really sold off quite dramatically, not just EA, as you know, Emily, but Activision Blizzard, some of our other favorites. So, these stocks are a little bit down and out. And you and I working together on Motley Fool Blast Off 2019, another service that Motley Fool introduced in the last few months. And we looked over and we thought about, you know, what are some of the companies that we admire in this space? This is certainly one of them. Take Two Interactive, though, is a stock that we ended up adding to that list recently because, in part, we feel like people are hating too much on this industry. It's like you're either playing Fortnite or apparently you're not playing video games anymore. That's sometimes the way the media coverage feels. And unfortunately, I've spent so much of my time looking at Take Two. That when it comes to thinking about EA, I'm looking at it with the perspective of how large Take Two is, mm. um, and I know that EA. And I, I say I know, although these stocks have been beaten down, so yep. I may as well not know. Um, but I suspect that EA is larger. It than is Take larger. Two. Okay. I, I think in your heart of hearts, you already knew that. But if that's helpful for any of our players at home, yes, you should know that EA is larger than Take Two Interactive. Well, that, that's good because I think for it to be smaller, it would have to be have have been really hit down. And if I didn't notice that, maybe there's a there's another problem there. All right. So Take Two Interactive. Is worth about $11 billion today. So there's a, a little bit of a stake in the ground. You know it's more than that. Electronic Arts has been around longer, it has far more games. 
Emily Flippin, stock number two. What is the market cap within 20% either way of Electronic Arts? Well, I don't think it's three times the size of Take Two, but I, I do think it's probably at least twice the size of Take Two. So I'm going to say 29 billion. Oh no. We need a new sound effect on the show, Rick, because when somebody nails it exactly on, that deserves this sound. <laughs> Because Emily, it is exactly twenty nine. That was a very lucky guess. Billion. I wish I could take credit for now, that. <laughs> players at home, fools, rule breakers, all. If you sit anywhere from twenty three billion up to thirty five billion, then you get it right along with Emily. But Emily got that special sound again because wow. Uh, now I, I have to believe Emily that you do spend some time knowing you're going to be coming on the game show. Studying some of these numbers, maybe memorizing some of the market caps. I and I said, you know, for my strategy last time I was on the show was there's too many there's too many stocks to even try to begin memorizing. There's over 230 and- that you're having to think about here. That's how many because we're always pulling from our active recommendations mm-hmm. in my Supernova services. We have 230 of them. Probably you're not memorizing 230 companies. Plus they change every day. It's impossible and and unfortunately. I'm putting everything in the context of when the last time I was on here was, and the market has changed a lot then. But sometimes putting stocks into an idea about you know large cap, mid cap, small cap is helpful. Um, so take two, even though I think at 11 billion, that's not a small cap. In my mind, it was a small cap. In my mind, EA was was a mid cap. So I knew it had to be be somewhat larger, some magnitude larger. And then there's also that level of lucky guessing. So yeah, and then there's guessing it exactly on. Okay, let's get to stock number three. So, Emily, let me ask you a question just about your movie-going habits. How many Transformer movies do you think you've seen over the years? Zero. Zero. Mm. So, so this is not going to be good for you me. You know, <laughs> at one point they like had like the original Transformers movie. Then I think they numbered them. Maybe there's like maybe Transformers two or three. I, I can't exactly remember. I've seen a fair number of these. At a certain point, they stopped numbering them all together, and then they started diversifying. And then some of them actually got good. Like Bumblebee got pretty good reviews last summer uh, when it came out, a, one of those Hasbro Transformer movies. And so, stock number three is Hasbro. Now, I think most of us who grew up with Hasbro, and that's almost us of any age, because this company's been around for decades, associate Hasbro with toys. It's a toy company, but in recent years, it's taken to the silver screen, putting a lot of its properties, sometimes very mediocre movies. Did they ever make a Monopoly movie? They were working on one. Anyway, they, they, they took some of their board games and turned them into movies. Clue, I know that was a movie. Um, these aren't necessarily great movies. And <laughs> The Transformer movies, I think you've seen zero of them. I have seen zero. Which I didn't Im- even know Bumblebee was a Transformer <laughs> movie. What is- Bumblebee. Yeah, all one word. Not to be confused with the other. There was another Bumble. Space B movie that was like an animated, maybe. I know that movie. Okay, there we go. So, anyway, so the stock is Hasbro. Now, this is a diversified company. It makes a lot of Star Wars toys. Uh, It has its own movie properties these days, as we've been talking about. Emily and everybody playing at home, what is the market cap of Hasbro? Now, this is a shot in the dark. Uh, Goes back to mid cap, small cap. It could be either. I'm not entirely sure. I know this is one of your more favorite picks. and I feel like people probably think it's smaller than it is. So I'm going to say 14 billion. Pretty close. Pretty close, but no cigar. No. I'm sorry, Emily. I mean, that was really. I mean, I think so most it's smaller, of us. I'm assuming. Then. I mean, most of us almost think it's unfair that I'm not giving this to you because when a company has a market cap of 11 billion, that's a fairly tight 
20% either way. So, those playing at home, if you guessed between, we'll just say 8.8 billion, yeah, and 13.2 billion, Emily, you guessed 14. It feels wrong. Still a ways off. Still a ways off. wrong not giving that to you. 800 million, you know, what's another 800 million here or there? Um, uh, but score yourself one for one at home if you were anywhere from 8.8 billion to 13.2. Billion, you did say this is one of our favorite stocks. And if favorite is measured by time held, then Hasbro stock, which I first recommended in April of 2003, Motley Fool Stock Advisor started in March of 2002. So in the second year of our service, gee whiz, that's now about 16 years ago now, and we've held it all the way through. The good news is, anybody who was listening, subscribing back then, and has listened to our advice ever since, which is hold, is up 775%, which sounds pretty awesome. That's eight times your money. That said, how do you think the market's done I'm since sure it's April done well. 2003? The market is up 375%. So, just a reminder, even if you're buying an index fund, that's what the S&P 500 is. You're a really happy person if you just become an investor, save money, and invest right along with the market. You're up 352% by my math since April 2003 if you're just buying an S&P 500 index fund. But you've more than doubled that if you listen to us and bought Hasbro. All right, company number four. Emily, you're two for three. That's an awfully good batting average, not just in Major League Baseball, where it is the greatest batting average of all time, but in this game. Can we stop now? We could stop now, (laughs) but it wouldn't be nearly as fun a podcast, I don't think, if we did. So let's keep moving. Now we're going to go to the letter J as we go from A to Z through the alphabet. This time there will be a Z, by the way. Ooh. As we approach the letter J, Emily, what was the last time you were on an airline? Um, you know, I took that trip to Austin for the Motley Fool for a full event there. And how did that go? I, I was unable to be at that event. That was just a uh, ten was days wonderful. ago. Or so, it was right? my first full event with the members, so it was really nice to meet some people. And especially when you do podcasts like this, it's nice to put faces out there, so you're not just talking to the void, right? Yeah. And what were you presenting at our Motley Fool event? I did. I, I presented with another analyst, Ben, over investing in China and some, you know. Some things you should maybe know before investing in China, and then some ideas that we like coming out of China now. Now, I know some of you have gotten to know Emily. Perhaps you heard her on her initial appearance on the Market Cap Game Show, which we did taped December 12th of last year. But you probably have gotten to know her if you're a subscriber to Stock Advisor or Rule Breakers or some of our podcasts. Emily, you've been on Market Foolery yes. from time to time. Yeah. So you may or may not know her background. You may remember she has spent a substantial amount of time in China, her college, her four college years. Going to NYU, New York University, you were where? In Shanghai. Not in New York City. Not in New York City, Although unfortunately. kind of not an un-New York City-like experience. Shanghai is an amazing city. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, and there may be a Chinese company or two in our future just this show, but let's go now to company number four. We're talking about airlines. Um, do you remember the, what you flew to get to Austin, Texas? I flew Southwest, actually. And what was your experience? It was my first time flying Southwest, which I didn't realize was my first time flying Southwest until I tried to board the airplane, and I didn't have a seat. And then it occurred to me that this was a new type of airline. Yes, <laughs> But no. it was a smooth process. I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, now that new type of airline has been in existence for 30-plus years now, but for anybody flying Southwest for the first time, it is a different thing. There's another company that, for me anyway, has sort of a differentiated experience, and that's JetBlue. It's a company... I always take pleasure whenever I'm on a JetBlue flight, and it's because they have live direct TV, I think, and they've done that for years. Uh, I think that, do they still have the blue nacho chips that they give you going with that blue theme? Um, maybe or maybe not. I need to fly JetBlue again. I haven't done so in a year, so I kind of wish at this point I hadn't picked the stock 
two years ago because my November 16th selection of JetBlue is down 20%. Uh, the market over that same time is up 36%. So it's been a real laggard for Stock Advisor members. My apologies, JetBlue investor fans. But, Emily, let's keep it short and sweet. What's the market cap of JetBlue? I have never flown JetBlue, which makes me think that if I'm not a user, nobody's a user, right? I'm sure that's not the case. Right. But it Sample makes me size think of one, it, of course. <laughs> it makes me think that it must be small. So, um, another shot in the dark. I'm going to say one and a half billion. Oh. Uh, JetBlue is a smaller airline, but it is not that small. In fact, there's even an argument that you might not want to fly a company that has your life in its hands 30,000 feet up if it only has a market cap of $1.5 billion. I mean, I think that there are some wonderful smaller companies that probably do like amazing Learjet experiences, but for bigger commercial airlines, I'm going to say that's a little low. So, is this a big miss? <laughs> not, a, not a big miss. The market cap of JetBlue is $5.1 billion. In fact, if you just transpose those digits... One and a half, it made it 5.1. You would have nailed it right on. Players at home, if you were anywhere from 4 billion to 6.2 billion, you got it right for the market cap of JetBlue, which, as I said, has been a laggard. And in fact, that 5.1 is 20% lower than when I picked it in November of 2016. You know, one thing about airlines, Emily, is it's kind of hard to differentiate yourself from the other players. I mean, these days it's kind of an oligopoly. You've got Mm -hmm. American. Delta and United. At least that's the way it feels here in the U.S. They are the big time players, and it's hard to even get gates if you're not one of those players. Oh, completely. And um, you know, recently I took a trip actually out to Europe, and I flew a couple of interesting smaller airlines when I was out there that maybe had a market cap closer <laughs> to 1.5 billion. And you so. live to tell the tale, which is <laughs> exactly you know, which is good. All right, Emily, two for four. I know you, you. I think you've put too much pressure on yourself. Probably expectations are too high. I'll say this: we've always said that four out of ten. This is not to you or to Matt. This is really to all my players. I know four out of ten is kind of a good benchmark to shoot for. Um, no one's ever done worse than four out of ten out of the professionals who've come into the studio. No pressure at all, Emily. But uh, but I, I think that's a good reasonable number. I'm in the Alex Trebek position of only having to ask the questions. And so that's a delightful place to be. By the way, our very best wishes and hopes for Alex Trebek and his health, as recently announced. I'm certainly a huge fan of Alex Trebek and Jeopardy. The Motley Fool has twice been an answer on Jeopardy, and that first time it ever happened, that was like magic. We and our employees couldn't believe it that our company was all of a sudden an answer on Jeopardy. But so anyway, we love game shows, we love games, love Alex Trebek. I love being in Alex Trebek's position of not having to be scored. I'm not sure how I'd do. Anyway, let's keep moving. All right. Company number five. Well, Emily, I think you started work here at the Motley Fool officially full time uh, somewhere around June of last year. Am I right about that? April, actually. April. Coming okay. up on my one year anniversary. Okay, year. good. Would you say I was within twenty percent either way? Of the I would month? say you're yes. within twenty percent. Right, so I was right. I was right. No, wonderful. April. I'm delighted. So you're one month away from your first Fool anniversary. I am spectacular. So you are one of our younger employees. You are. Roughly half, less than half my age, which is awesome. I mean, as an entrepreneur, I love to think that we've been around for 26 years now, and one day I won't be around anymore. And I sure hope our company is still being driven by people like Emily and all those that we're hiring these days. It's a delight always to hang out with people from different generations. And that's a little bit of the dynamic of the Market Cap Game Show. I get to hear from somebody younger than I am with new and better perspectives often. So, have you yet owned a car? I do own a car, actually. 
And I think you and I talked about this a little bit last time because I remember True Car was one of the stocks I asked you about. And I missed it. I remember it left quite the dark spot on my last experience. So <laughs> I won't be reintroducing True Car this <laughs> time, but we're going to go with a larger company and one that uh, have you ever done any business with CarMax? I have never done any business with CarMax, but I did spend some time looking at a Chinese company that had a business model that's somewhat similar to CarMax's. And when I talked about it here, everybody kept mentioning, oh, CarMax of China, CarMax of China. <laughs> So that makes me think you might get this next one. We'll see. Sounds like you've done some research in this area, but let's go back briefly to just did you, the car that you're driving, did you personally buy that car yourself? I did not. It was actually a present from my parents when I graduated college. That is awesome. Did they buy it in Texas, your home state? They did. Okay, so you drove that car, or they did, all the way here? Um, actually, you know, I went to work in Connecticut, and my previous employer. Paid to have it shipped up, so I took them up on that offer. Wow, we're very little, lucky. We're a little cheaper at the Motley Fool. <laughs> well, well played. It wasn't Emily. a bad drive from Connecticut to Virginia, though. So okay, fair enough. Um, well, without beating around the bush anymore, Emily, what is the market cap of CarMax? Well, my small cap Chinese used car dealer uh, doesn't nearly have the same market cap of, of CarMax. I would imagine they're at about. One billion, and I know Carmax is significantly higher. So I think Carmax is probably closer to, and I'm not positive, but twelve billion. Bing. And if that ding had an almost slightly dissonant sound right toward the end, it would suggest that you were on the very edge of getting that right. But you did get it right. Well done, Emily. The answer is ten billion dollars. So simple math here: twenty percent lower is eight, twenty percent higher is twelve. So players at home, if you got anywhere from eight to 12 billion right on the edge of right. You are right. And Emily, good job. Three out of five to start the first half of the Market Cap Game I'll Show. I'll take it. All right. It is halftime for the Market Cap Game Show. When it's time to make a hire for your small business, naturally, you want to find the best person for the job. Odds are that person is on LinkedIn. Here at The Fool, we've used LinkedIn extensively. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to get matched with quality candidates who make the most sense for your role. LinkedIn Jobs uses knowledge of both hard skills and soft skills to match you with the people who fit your role the best. Your LinkedIn Jobs matches are based on skills and background, sure, but also interests, activities, and passions. Matching lets you quickly get a group of the most relevant qualified candidates for your role. That way, you can focus on the candidates that you want to spend time talking to and make a quality hire that you're excited about. Customers rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality, discover job opportunities. Post a job today at linkedin.com fool and get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. That's linkedin.com fool. And before we continue into the second half of the Market Cap Game Show, thinking about LinkedIn, thinking about HR, reminds me that my friend Anessa Fike is visiting and listening in with a few of her friends this week on the Market Cap Game Show. Now, it's not every show that this game show has an actual studio audience, but Anessa and Trisha and Anthony, thank you very much for joining with us and listening in and playing along with so many others listening in this time. And Anessa, keep up the good work in Raleigh, North Carolina, where you started your own company after leaving The Motley Fool, and you are helping companies do culture better. So if you are in or around Raleigh, North Carolina, and you think, I'm sure many other places besides, and you think, you know, we should do culture better at this company, check out Fike & Co. on the internet. All right, company number six. Now, I have to say, this is probably one of my personal favorite stock picks. 
uh, of the last few years. So I picked this in April of 2016 for the first time. I've re-recommended it at least once since. The company is Match Group. The ticker symbol is MTCH. And Match Group, yep, started kind of with Match.com, and that's where the name comes from. But more people know it by Tinder today, because Tinder's a bigger business than Match.com. Arguably, Match Group should change its name to Tinder, because like some other companies, their product, one of their products has taken on a bigger significance than the original name or founding name of the company. So anyway, Emily, before I ask you about the market cap of Match Group, giving you a little bit of time to think about it, is this a company that's relevant to you in your life today as a younger woman here in the Washington, D.C. area? Well, I think I'm in the minority here, uh, but I've been with my boyfriend since high school. So, unfortunately, have or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, (laughs) have not used any of Match's products. But all of my friends are practically on Tinder or use one of their other, you know, many products. So it's definitely relevant, and I see it all the time when I'm out. So this is pretty awesome because here you are. um, I'm 52. You're in your early 20s, and uh, neither of us has really used a product from the Match Group company, it sounds like. I married my college sweetheart. Congratulations on dating your high school sweetheart. I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, so, there's the whole swipe right, swipe left thing right, going on with mm-hmm. Tinder, right? Like, they show you a picture. I'm literally describing an experience I've never had. This sounds, this really dates me. And, and I'm, I'm happy to be dated. That's fine. And not that kind of dated. Anyway, so you swipe right if you think that person's attractive or you'd you'd like yes. to meet them, and you swipe left if it's a no if go. It's a no, right. exactly. And then is See, you could do it. I I I I'm not going to, <laughs> but 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 if you did, then is the is the promise that that person is proximate to you? Are they like in the same bar? Is it like are they GPS coding you, or is just anything you know anywhere I, I on the think internet? You set and I, I probably shouldn't know this, <laughs> but I think you set a parameter around you. Like I want someone in, within. 15 miles or 25 miles. Or feet. Or feet, exactly. I want someone in this bar. I'm actually not sure if you can do that. But right, right. You should be able to. If they haven't done that, they should get on it. Okay, I, I love it. So, so here we are, just talking it out, and other people are laughing because they're like, uh, yeah, I've used this for years. These nitwits don't even know exactly how it works, although Emily does mostly know how it works, which is awesome. But here we are, both kind of happily in our own, but a lot of other people in this world are looking for someone. And, and sometimes, over the course of a life, lots of different people, and this is a business that globally is really the leader in helping people find someone. And it's almost uh, in any country and of any persuasion. I mean, it is a very broad. This is a company that owns dozens of websites with different interests, all featured Match Group. Emily, what is the market cap of Match Group? Um, I feel pretty confident about this one. I will say that I think this company should be much larger. I think Match Group is about. $15 $15 billion? Bingo! In fact, Match Group, as we speak, taping Tuesday, March 19th, is $16 billion. So, yeah, 15 is definitely within that range. For those playing at home, if you were anywhere from $12.8 billion to $19.2 billion, give yourself, along with Emily, a check mark. Emily, if my math is right, I think you're, are you four out of six now? I think that's correct. So, congratulations. That is pretty awesome. You've already made the benchmark, kind of the minimal benchmark we'd expect from a paid professional. Uh, But, Emily, yeah, you just said that you think the market cap could or should be much higher. Uh, So, you and I share general bullishness about this company. 
And Aaron and I, it's actually just got out of a meeting when we were talking about Aaron fin- Bush, Aaron our Bush, fellow analyst. Yes. Um, we were talking about it in the context of the Odyssey portfolio and why Match Group maybe never made it into the Odyssey portfolio. And there were a lot of members that said they didn't see the growth opportunities for Match. And that's shocking to me. And it was shocking to Aaron when we were having this conversation that you know, all we see are growth opportunities for Match. And it has such a small market cap in terms of how large the online dating market can be and, and is. Yeah, and you just think about, I mean, the size of something like Facebook, which in a lot of ways is just kind of like a even more than match group, but a lot of it is just kind of social connectivity. Those companies are worth hundreds of billions of dollars. This is the worldwide leader in hookups of all kinds. <laughs> and we're talking about $16 billion right now. Yeah, we liked this stock a lot a few years ago at one quarter of the price, and we like it a lot today going forward. Same reason. And Emily, you were referencing there the Odyssey portfolio. That's from our Motley Fool Supernova service. And for members of Supernova, you'd recognize that one of our real money portfolios that members are encouraged just to match if you just want to follow along with what we do is the Odyssey portfolio. And Aaron has provided some great leadership and focus for that market beating portfolio. So Odyssey 1, Odyssey 2, we have a bunch of things going on under the hood at Motley Fool Supernova. All right, company number seven, let's stay in the same general area. Let's stick with social connectivity companies. Let's kind of take the existing business model of Match Group and let's just transplant it from the United States, where it's primarily domiciled and initially focused, and let's go to China. Let's take the same approach of having people through apps meet each other, and let's go to the largest country by population in the world, although I think India is going to eclipse China in the coming couple of decades. And the company is Momo. Now, Momo is not only a funny ticker symbol, because people talk about momentum stocks, and sometimes they, they use the phrase Momo, but, but Momo, in Chinese terms, is a popular app for meeting other people, building your relationships with them, building your social street cred with people. In China. So, in a lot of ways, this is like the Chinese match group. Probably not fair, but for a lot of people, you might wonder well, would that be larger today or smaller than match group? And we're about to find out what you, because I know you're guessing at home, and Emily think about the market cap, company number seven of Momo. Whenever someone asks me about Momo, I go back to my time living in Shanghai. My favorite thing to do on Sunday mornings was to get up early grab a cup of coffee, and walk out to People's Square, where grandmas and grandfathers would sit with little placards of their grandkids trying to hook them up with other people's grandkids um, from the same province, maybe, who were living in wow, Shanghai. really? Yeah, and it was you know, it's really more of a social event for the grandparents than anything, uh, but it made you, I mean, no kids were out there, right? No kids were out there trying to get married because they were all on Momo or one of Momo's products, right? Wow, okay. So, unfortunately, and this goes back to Match being probably too small, I know Momo is is smaller than Match. Um, I also suspect that it was somewhat beaten down along with a lot of our other Chinese holdings. I will mention that I first first picked the stock in May of 2017, so we're coming up on the two-year anniversary. It's flat. It basically it's moved around, but it's just back to where it started. So it's mm-hmm. kind of been a laggard. The stock market over that time up twenty two percent. So this has been one of our picks that, well, in its first two years anyway, hasn't worked out that well so far. When you put it in that context, it makes me want to change 
my guess here. Well, and, and I'm definitely never trying to lead my <laughs> contestant because I want everybody to play by the same fair rules, but everybody else just heard me say the same thing. Okay. So, so, yeah, if I've changed your guess a little bit with that reflection on the underperformance of this disappointing so far rule breaker pick from May 2017, sure, I'm here to help. Well, my original guess was going to be $10 million, but with that in mind, and that was because I know that it had had a recent rally. With that in mind, I'm going to push it down a little bit. I'm going to say, and maybe this is wrong, I'm going to say $8 billion. Play that sound again when somebody nails it exactly on. <laughs> Emily, well done. If yes. I had guessed $10 billion, would I have been out of that range? You would have, because Ooh. if you guessed from 6.4, which is 20% less than 8 to 9.6, which is 20% more than 8, then give yourself a golden star along with Emily Flibbin, who just nailed her fifth out of seven market caps. Emily, it's it's like you've been to China before. I feel almost like I cheated on that question, though. My gut told me 10. <laughs> All right, company number eight. We're down the homes. Down the stretch they come with three more. Company number eight, Emily. TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor has been a company for Motley Fool Rule Breakers that best of times, worst of times kind of a stock. It was a monster winner when we first picked it in 2012, but it's fallen off a lot. And these days, it's only up 14% from that initial pick, and the market's up about 150%. TripAdvisor started to try to compete with Priceline and Booking Holdings now by kind of allowing you to book your travel through a portal that they'd created. That didn't work out so well for them. They lost some of their focus and some of their business momentum. Stock has sold off quite a bit. The ticker symbol is one of those easy ones to remember, because TripAdvisor got T-R-I-P. So, that is the ticker symbol. Emily, what is the market cap of TripAdvisor? Well, it's no Trivago, but it's also no bookings. Yeah. So, so I know it's somewhere between a couple million <laughs> right. and like 80 billion. And or by something. citing those two companies, you and I smile because you and I both know those are active picks of ours. And Trivago would be like the example of the, almost the worst stock pick that we've made in the last few years. And Booking, formerly Priceline, is one of our very best stocks. So you're right. It is somewhere between Trivago and Booking. Um, to be inaccurately and falsely precise with this guess, I'm going to say 8.55 billion. Oh, and no. it's so close. I mean, that, <laughs> should I not have been that, so so inaccurately precise? I, I like to think that that didn't affect you, but you were awfully close. <laughs> it wasn't adding that extra decimal okay. that, that troubled you. But the correct answer for TripAdvisor is seven billion. Mm. So as we speak today, Tuesday afternoon, uh, at a low, then players at home, if you said five point six, at a high, if you said eight point four. So even the times that you've missed, Emily, you've just I would have still guessed eight point five. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, why I said I don't think you were bedeviled by that extra dot zero five that you added. But yeah, that's TripAdvisor. So you have an awfully good sense of it. I mean, you're very close. TripAdvisor, much much smaller than a company like Booking today. But you know, just kind of interesting to think about. You know how that company. Here's another company that has this, the same market cap, seven billion dollars today. Planet Fitness. Totally different business, but part of the reason I love market caps and the market cap game show is it just makes you facile. You start to understand, oh yeah, that's worth the same as that, even though they're not just apples and oranges, which by the way are both fruits. Whenever anybody says, hey, it's like apples and oranges, I'm like, you mean they're both fruits, right? But I know they're trying to say they're totally two different things, but it's more like apples and tubas or something, right? So that's one of the cool things, right? In the business world, there are companies that look nothing like each other, and yet, 
sometimes they have the exact same price, and only market cap lets you know that. Emily, of these two companies that we're putting in play here, which are you more likely to use the services of, or have used the services of in the last year or so, or the next year or so? TripAdvisor or Planet Fitness? I'd actually probably say I'm likely to use both. Um, I would probably have to say TripAdvisor, though, simply because the Motley Fool has a has a gym here, so I, I don't need a Planet Fitness membership. But if I did need a membership to a gym, I would definitely choose Planet Fitness. Yeah, I would too, probably. And you know what's cool about both these companies, which are have the same market cap, $7 billion, they're both consumer-facing. These are examples of companies that a lot of us recognize. You might have read somebody's review of your next trip on TripAdvisor, or you might well have made a New Year's resolution and started a Planet Fitness membership. And, you know, it's March. Maybe you're even still going. I don't know. But so, uh, some of our favorite stocks here at The Fool are companies with known brands. And I like to find those companies. We tend to hold those stocks for long periods of time because it takes a lot for a company to get its name in our face and to be remembered today. And the ones that are, that's usually a pretty good sign. All right. Company number nine. Emily, I by my score, by my count, you are Five of eight. And really, a couple of those misses were just, it felt almost wrong not giving that to you. But but we got to play by the rules. So let's go to company number nine. So, company number nine is one of those companies where it's another consumer brand we all recognize. And yet, if most of us heard the corporate name of that company, we'd be like, who are they? What do they do? The ticker symbol is UHAL. And I think most of us could parse that UHAL. Sounds like U-Haul, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. The actual company name is Amerco, A-M-E-R-C-O. So one of those I wouldn't recognize the corporate name, but yes, I know their biggest brand, kind of like Tinder. Why don't they just rename themselves U-Haul? But they haven't, and and I and I wonder had they done so, would this have been a better stock pick of mine? So we first picked Amerco. July of 2015, I tabbed it. It is up now 16.5% from there. The market, unfortunately, though, up 44%. So this has been a laggard. But the reason I picked the stock, and I still like it today, and I would recommend anybody buy the stock again today, is it's one of those timeless businesses. As much technological change as there is, I still think the need for U-Haul is going to be around for the rest of my lifetime. Emily, maybe even for the rest of yours. We'll see. And if it is, by the way, if it stands the test of time, I predict the stock does better than it's done so far. It's still up. I'm not complaining, but it's not even with the market since July of 2015. So, U-Haul. Sound like a big business? Well, we're about to find out. Players at home, get your number ready. All right. Emily Flippin, what is the market cap of Amerco? It sounds like a big business. Doesn't it? It sounds like a big business, and I just, I just moved actually, and I rented a U-Haul. Did I you down- really? I did. I downloaded the app. I picked it up at 5 a.m. with nobody there. Just used the app, got the keys, got in the car, dropped it off late at night. Nobody there. Didn't have to communicate with anybody. And was, I was that good or bad? It was. I was very impressed. It had so much flexibility with when I could move. So, you know, having no clue, <laughs> I'm going to say this is a 30 billion dollar company. Oh, <laughs> you know, I always hope that we have one really bad miss each show, right? We have to have one. Emily is so good at this game that it can be unfun, but she makes it fun when she misses by, grossly by that missing. much. Now, arguably, I maybe talked up U-Haul a little bit too much. It's there a timeless U-Hauls business. Everywhere. There are, and yet the company America is worth about the same as TripAdvisor. It's seven point four billion dollars today. And therefore, players at home, if you were anywhere from $5.9 billion to $8.9 billion, you got the correct answer. Emily, at 30, 
you you've seemingly overrated the importance and value of U-Haul in this world. You know, maybe my experience was just too good. <laughs> I thought everybody must be getting U-Hauls, right? Nope. Now, just me. Anytime anybody misses by a lot, it's usually instructive. And I bet you're not the only one who missed that one by a lot. But maybe what you're saying is you think it's worth more than what it is worth today. I mean, this is kind of a laggard stock. A lot of people don't even recognize the name Amerco. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you and I think that U Haul's probably worth a few tens of billions of dollars and it's only at 7.4, maybe that implies we should research the stock further and consider adding it to our portfolio. Mm-hmm. And when you put it in those terms, now I'm thinking, well, there's so much competition for vans out there that maybe, maybe I was attaching quite the premium to the name U-Haul. All right. Well, as we move to now to number ten, let me remind you that you've been playing at home. Emily is five of nine so far. How are you doing? Well, you know what? We want to hear it. So on Twitter, which is where we tend to focus our social media with this podcast, we're at RBI Podcast on Twitter. But feel free to tweet it out. Hashtag I beat Emily. Hashtag I lost to Emily. Hashtag this is going to happen to I tied Emily. We always enjoy looking for those hashtags, and maybe we'll call. If you have any comment about our game, maybe we'll call you out at the end of this month in our mailbag, which, by the way, I hasten to add, is next week. So before we go to company number 10, a reminder that next week, of course, the last Wednesday of every month, is our Rule Breaker Investing mailbag. So if you've got a question, thought, suggestion, comment, inspirational story, or poem, RBI at fool.com is the email address. You can also just tweet us at, at RBI Podcast. And I look forward, as I always do, to your questions, thoughts, suggestions, inspirational stories, and poems next week. Okay, Emily, company number 10. So I said we were going, you know, all the way down to Z. And off the air, you said that off the top of your head, knowing as you do pretty well our coverage universe, around 230 companies, how many Zs do you think that we have? I, I can only think about two Zs off the top of my head. And I'm not even sure myself, because I'm not <laughs> looking at it right now. It might be more than that. I can think of at least two myself. And you were saying one of those Zs you feel like you know really well. One of the Zs I, I do know, because I recently looked at this company. The other Z, I also recently looked at this company and should know the market cap but have no clue. So right. it's a real 50 50 toss up at this point. And I'm not even sure which ones you're thinking of, but my guess is that between the two you're describing, I'm probably asking about the one that you don't know as well. And the fact that you think that you're asking about the one that I don't know makes me think that you're actually asking the one I do know, because I think you think that I do not know the one that I do know. Are we, is this the Princess Bride? I love that scene. <laughs> That's just spectacular, right? All right, I think it's time to show my cards here and end the meta conversation. <laughs> Emily, this is a company that started out with barcode scanners years ago, and these days is really a leader. Just all the automatic identification and data capture products. This this company, Zebra Technologies, is one of the leaders worldwide. Now, Zebra, whose ticker symbol is ZBRA, is a company that has really truly evolved from the early days barcode scanning into almost things like well, wristband recognition, a lot of the medical. Um, recognition products, probably face recognition for all I know. But Zebra is an amazingly and worldwide diverse company today, an impressive leader within its field. In fact, I'm seeing right now is founded in 1969, ZBRA, Zebra Technologies. This is a recent pick for Motley Fool Stock Advisor. Emily, I can't remember, did you do the research for Zebra Technologies for me? I did not, but right. I am 
exceedingly happy you asked about Zebra instead of about Zillow. Ah, see, I thought that you would have researched Zillow and didn't know Zebra, but yes. it sounds like it's the opposite. It sounds like you're about to get this one. It's it's embarrassing because I know that actually after we tape this podcast, we are going into a meeting where I'm going to talk about Zillow to you, and I do not know the market cap of Zillow. Well, you but... will have time between the end of this podcast and our <laughs> meeting to look that up, and you know that I do care. So you know exactly. that I will ask about that. All right, wonderful. Well, without extending things any further, Emily Flippin and players at home, what is the market cap of Zebra Technologies ZBRA on the Nasdaq? And I'll be embarrassed at this point if my memory fails me, but I'm pretty positive the market cap of Zebra Technologies is about $11 billion. And you're pretty positively right. $11.5 billion. It's up a little bit, <laughs> I guess, this week versus your expectations, which were awfully on target. Emily, well done. Yep. The answer is $11.5 billion. Therefore, players at home, if you got anywhere from 9.2 up to 13.8, give yourself a big fat green check mark. Put a little star next to it if you were as close as Emily was, 11.5 to 11. Yeah, this is a company that we recommended in Stock Advisor in November 2018, so it's just a few months ago. Stock's up 19%, which is pretty good. Market up 5%, off to a nice start. It, it's a company that's been around for a long time, but I think uh, it's got a bright future ahead of it. And that's actually why I spent some time looking at it, was because I saw it on the scorecard and I thought, wow, that's not a company I'm familiar with. So, so Emily, without putting you on the spot, what are one or two research points or things that you noted when you did that research that you could just highlight to many people who are hearing about Zebra Technologies for the first time in this podcast? Well, I think it's easy for you know consumers and you know people when they look out into the world and they see products to not think about the technology that goes in behind them. Um, and Zebra Technologies is a great example of a company that does exactly that. You never think about the processes that make your life simpler every single day. Scanning things and instantly exactly. recognizing them. So I mean to me it was just a reminder that there are a lot of great companies out there that maybe don't have the same glitz and glamour as our technology companies, but do provide valuable resources and insight. And are good stocks to buy and to hold over the long term, which is at the heart of Rule Breaker Investing. Emily, thank you so much for joining me this week. Thank you for having me. You did a great job. Six out of ten is the official final tally. If you got that, hashtag I tied Emily. Many probably will hashtag I lost to Emily because you're awfully good at this game, Emily. And if anybody beat you, I will consider them as a future guest on this show. Tweet us at RBI Podcast. Emily, I look forward to seeing you again, let's say, in three months or so. Sounds great. And thank you for listening, for playing along, and for caring, for being willing to think like a geek, the geek that we all are here at The Motley Fool, about market caps and worthily joining us to figure out the numbers that underlie so much of our world, the real values of things, and being increasingly knowledgeable about how to make comparisons and ask yourself, you know, would I rather buy Match Group or pay about 10 times that and own Uber? Well, you probably can guess where I am on that, but it's your call. In the meantime, have a great week. Talk to you next week. Mailbag, full on. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rule Breaker Investing at rbi.fool.com.